Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. This is our second week in what we expect to be several months of working through the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus teaching about the kingdom of heaven. And as we've started some things in the fall life share groups, those are small groups. This is where the church really meets together and does life because Sunday morning is, you know, just scratching the surface of what real fellowship and following of Jesus looks like for us. Um, as we study the Sermon on the Mount, as we do different things in the life share groups, really the leadership here in the church has three simple goals for us. And as a result, because they're goals, we want to spend time working towards those. Uh, we don't think that just having goals means we automatically achieve them or reach them. But there's three particular things that we feel like are close to God's heart and matter for us as a family together. The first of those is that we'd be people who actually do what Jesus says. How many want that? I want to be part of a church that's doing what Jesus actually says. Second, a second piece that really matters is that we're people who bring the blessings of heaven into the world. And thirdly, that we're people who do relationships like Jesus does. Those are three simple things that we've, like, God will help us. He'll breathe on us. He'll give us grace as we pursue these things. That we'd be people who do what Jesus says in our lives. We'd be people who bring the blessings of heaven into the world and who do relationships like Jesus does. And so you're going to see there's a lot of overlap in those areas and things we're looking at and teaching. And this past Sunday, if you were here, you'll remember if you weren't here, here's your heads up. Uh, we looked at the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29, where we saw Jesus was putting such a vital emphasis on doing what he says. Jesus says, everyone who hears the word, these words of mine and does what with them? Anybody remember? Loud and clear, Sarah. And puts them into practice is like what kind of person? It's like a wise person. I, 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 I get it. The people who sit in front were the ones who did the homework. That's the same way it is at school. Right? But there was another kind of person Jesus talked about that fills in the blanks just a little different. Everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice. What kind of person is that like? It's a foolish person. And so we got to be people who put Jesus's words into practice. So we were looking at that last week, that the meaning of our faith is when we do what Jesus says, not just saying that, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, we, yeah, Jesus, I'll follow you. But we actually do it. And so when we talk about faith and what it is to believe in Jesus, we're not saying that we're believing him for a thing. We're saying you're the king. I'm going to do what you say. I follow you. And because he is who he is, we do what he says. Now, now this week, we're jumping to the beginning of his message. And, and believe me, I fully get the irony about doing sermons about a sermon. Right? Because we're, we're spending, we're going to spend months looking at a sermon Jesus taught. And so it's kind of ironic to do sermons about a sermon and to take pieces of a sermon that might have taken Jesus like three or four minutes to say and to spend like a half hour talking about it. And the, the, the real mileage here, gang, is not in the talking about it here together. It's in looking deeply into God's word together so that we go and 
what? And do it. And so let's look at the beginning of Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. It's where Jesus takes those who've started to follow him, who've begun to be his apprentices, and he begins to teach them. And just before this part of Matthew, we see Jesus has been going around a large, large crowds are gathering around him. And he's done all these miracles and they are just crowding around Jesus. And so chapter one, sorry, chapter five, verse one says, now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You know, Joanna was talking about how easy it is for a root of bitterness to grow in our hearts. How different it is when we hear Jesus saying, you're blessed. And he says this, verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right, let's, we're going to dig into this. But let's acknowledge as we get started Right away, we've got a bit of a disconnect. There's like an interpretive challenge here because we started out by looking at the end of the sermon where Jesus says, every man who hears these words of mine and does what? Puts them into practice. That's the wise man. We've got to build our house on the solid rock of doing what Jesus has said. And then we come to, we get to the Beatitudes where Jesus is beginning to unfold the manifesto of the kingdom of heaven to his disciples. And you read this and say, wait a minute. How do I, how do, I do that? How, how do you actually do the Beatitudes? Because it's not a to-do list. They don't like, I was joking with some folks here about, maybe we should try to get a Nike sponsorship for this sermon series. Yeah, and you can call it Just Do It. And, but you get to the Beatitudes, how do you just do it with the Beatitudes? Right? I mean, some of them, like, blessed are the merciful. Okay, that's, that's doable. I, I can go and be a merciful person. And blessed are the peacemakers. Okay, I can see a pathway to put that into practice. But you're going to have a real interpretation problem if you approach the Beatitudes as a to-do list. Because how do you do blessed are the poor in spirit? Do do you want to put blessed are the persecuted on your to-do list? You know, it's, yeah, sign me up. And and the, the point is to read the Beatitudes well. We've got to realize they're not given to us as a list of rules or as action items or a checklist for us to try to do. 
Instead, these are Jesus's proclamation that the kingdom of heaven has come in his person to people who have been completely excluded from receiving the benefits and blessings that this world offers. And when his kingdom comes, here's how it comes. Blessed, 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 blessed. When God comes to earth, he comes and declares blessing to people. That's what he does. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is not coming to give us a new list of rules and things that we have to do better at. And you've got to see this as an important interpretive lens for the rest of the Sermon on the Mount because we're going to hit some sections where he talks specifically about doing this and doing that and not doing this and not doing that. And if you approach that just as another kind of law and legal requirements to somehow earn God's approval, you're missing Jesus's point. Because when he calls his disciples to him and he begins to teach them about the kingdom, here's what he has to say. Blessed are you. The kingdom coming is a proclamation of the blessing of heaven having come to earth. And the blessing of heaven comes to unexpected people in unexpected ways. I mean, you think about these and you can take a look just at the walls beside you. Julie did a lovely job designing these for us. And you think sometimes it's a little hard to see the blessing in some of this because the way we think about blessing, the way we understand blessing, it's like, well, winning the Powerball, that would be blessed. But Jesus speaks blessing to people who look at their life and think, no, this is a curse. This isn't blessing. And so as he does this, understand this foundational reality about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God comes bringing blessing. The kingdom of God comes with blessing, not more requirements. The kingdom of God comes with blessing, not judgment and condemnation. Blessed are you is Jesus' declaration that God has come in person. And the people he's proclaiming it to are people that we might not see as blessed at all. Now this list, it's not meant to be an exhaustive list. It's meant to be an exemplary list. Here's what I mean when I say that. An exhaustive list is a checklist that when you get to the bottom of it, you've covered every category that qualifies, right? Um, an exemplary list is one that's typifying the style, the quality, the type of thing that is in the category. And so this list of eight or nine, depending on how you count the Beatitudes, is not to say these are the only blessings there are. It's not saying these are the only kind of people who are blessed in the kingdom. It's a piling on of blesseds and blessedness to help us see the quality and the quality of the kingdom as it comes in its blessing. But one of the things that piles up on us as we listen to these beatitudes is that you and I will need a radical change of perspective to inherit the blessings of this kingdom because these beatitudes, the way they come, They take things that we think of as being curses and heaven proclaims blessing over those. That those who would seem cursed, the poor, those who mourn, those who are getting stepped on and stomped on because they're either not standing up for themselves or because they're identifying with Jesus, that they're actually blessed. 
So I want to help us with the radical change of perspective that we need to be able to get this. Did you notice that there's like a template for the Beatitudes? As Jesus goes through this, right? They all start with blessed are those fill in the blank for they will be fill in the blank, right? You, you see the template? You recognize that? Who recognizes the template? Great. Thank you for volunteering. I need about 12 of you up here right now. Oh, I'm serious. I need some folks who will, who will help us hold these and, and line up so we can get a sense of this. Blessed are you. All right. Come on. The meek, pure in heart, for they will be comforted. Oh, I, I need some more helpers. Thanks, Corey. Oh, I've got more than one set. Okay, that's why I still have such a stack. I think this covers it. I'll recruit more as necessary. Okay, are they lined up right? Okay, Let, let's see if we can... Can you guys help get this lined up? We're going to need to do this. What's the first word? Help us out. All right, Diane, why don't you move to the beginning? All right, blessed mourn are... Okay, blessed are those who... All right, good. Well, Corey, why don't you go up one? And Sarah, do you mind going down? No, you guys all belong like in the same spot, right? But go up, come in. Wow, guys. Hold it high, Corey. There. Do you see how this kind of goes together, right? Okay, now... For they, Elizabeth, you're going to need to be down here, right? We're going to get this together. Scoot over so we don't have a big gap in our reading. For they will. All right, let, let's figure it out. Does Co- Corey matches with Brooke, right? So see, God needs to be down low. Sarah and Elizabeth match. Corey and Brooke match. There you go. Have we got this? Does this work? Right. Do you see the way these structure together? It, it, it's just the formula of how Jesus said it. Somebody get a photo of these guys for us. This is lovely. Thank you. Um, and now, remember I said we're going to need a change of perspective. This is the way Jesus said it, right? What happens in practice is that we like, we kind of rearrange these. A bit for ourselves because mentally we want to switch around what Jesus says. So like Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God, right? But we want to reverse that. And so Elizabeth, Sarah, reverse, stand up high, block out the people behind you. So we only see one at a time here. Up these down. So we, thank you. Thank you, Corey. There you go. Right. But we would say something like if we were redoing, we say, well, blessed are those who see God. That's where the blessing is, right? And oh, if I could just see God, then I would what? Well, then of course, I mean, I'd get my heart clean then, right? You know, if I could see God, then I would go pure in heart. But is that the way Jesus said it? No, switch back. Uh, we, we've got to read them and take them to heart the way Jesus said it. Or we, we try to make it cause and effect, Right? Where we say, we might say, we're going to see if they can follow us here. We might say, the pure in heart at the beginning, right? 
goes there to the beginning. We might say the pure in heart. Oh, we could even say though. Do we have those? Yeah. Go ahead and say that those who are pure in heart will be blessed. We might say that, wouldn't we? Right? Will be, will, there we go. Will blessed. Oh, well, it's a nice try. Right? But we rearrange these things. And, and so, listen, when we mess with the order of the Beatitudes, they can make more sense to our own minds. But we're not getting it the way Jesus said it. So, guys, thank you. We can go ahead and have a seat. The Thank you, thank you. If you'd like to take home your collectible favorite piece of the Beatitudes, feel free. Um, did you notice the yellow pages? What was significant about the yellow ones? Do you want to hold those up for us here? Right? All right. We're, we're going back to English class. There's two things to notice about the verbs. One of them is what kind of verb it is. Is it an action verb or a being verb? And, and this one, this belonged as will be. Okay? So it's a form of, these are verbs of being, not doing. Remember I said we have an interpretive challenge here about doing this. The Beatitudes are Jesus' proclamations, not of what you and I are supposed to do, but about what is in the kingdom of God. He says, bless it. These are kingdom realities that he's declaring. They're being, not doing. Are we together? What's the other thing you notice about these? Yes, present tense and future tense. We'll set these down. The Beatitudes are only going to make sense to us when we see them in light of a coming day of the kingdom's fullness that's invading our here and now. Today's blessing of the kingdom comes because there is a day coming of the kingdom arriving in its fullness. When Jesus came on the scene, heaven's kingdom arrived. The king arrived and he said, blessed are you. And yet the will be is part of the reality of the kingdom. That there remains a coming day that we read about in chapter 7 and saw last week. Many will come to me in that day and say, there is a day that's coming when the kingdom will arrive in its fullness. And the gap between the apparent cursedness of today and the fullness of the blessing of heaven will be reconciled as what the very thing we pray for. Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as your will be done is the reality that we see, taste, touch with our hands. Do you see that? In a culture, this is our culture today, here and now, is so obsessed with getting every blessing we can in this moment, in the here and now. We are a culture of instant satisfaction and nowness. And all you need to do is look at the epidemic of consumer debt to realize that's a, a feature of our culture. Jesus is still saying that today's blessing is found in tomorrow's promise. Today's blessing is found in tomorrow's promise. Jesus doesn't say, blessed will be those who mourn because they're going to be comforted. Jesus doesn't say, blessed will be the merciful because they will be called, they will be shown mercy. 
there's a present tense blessing for us today in tomorrow's promise. That's what it looks like to live in the blessing of the kingdom is that we are blessed when? Now, today, because of something we don't yet possess. And when we live today as people of that day, blessing flows through us and the kingdom of heaven comes to the people around us. That's what it's like to be part of Mercy Hill. That's what it's like to be a member of this kingdom where Jesus comes and says, blessed are you today because of that day. And as we live today in light of that day, that day's blessings flows into us and through us into this world so that we live as people who do what Jesus says, who bring the blessings of heaven into our world and do relationships like Jesus does. This kingdom, it's available to every one of us regardless of which side of the tracks we were born on, regardless of which language we grew up speaking, regardless of whether we read well or don't read well, whether we have a high-paying job or don't even have enough work at all. But it is an elusive kingdom that's hard to obtain for those who pursue it the way the world pursues greatness. She says, you can't get into my kingdom that way. It's going to take a radical change of perspective and a different way of living. And one of the things that the, that the Beatitudes highlight for us is that God's heart is inclined towards the vulnerable and suffering. And when you and I run away from people who have trouble, when we try to distance ourselves from the vulnerable and from the suffering and instead just try to cultivate relationships that help us climb some sort of social ladder, We're moving away from his kingdom, not towards it. Because Jesus himself embodied these beatitudes. When heaven came to earth in the person of God's son, Jesus Christ, he didn't come bring in an abstract set of platitudes. He lived this. Jesus didn't come from upper class wealth and privilege. He's from a a working class family. Actually, in a, a what I an underprivileged member of a colonially oppressed and militarily occupied country. Jesus himself lived as a refugee, a displaced person outside of his country, and he was not full of privilege. No, Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief. Jesus was and is the peacemaker between God and man. Jesus remained meek restraining his own power and strength with self-control in the face of very real and unjust persecution that he experienced. He lived out the qualities of these beatitudes. And when we follow Jesus, for us, you know, asking the questions, what's it mean to do the beatitudes? It comes down to living the qualities of this kingdom in all the different areas of our lives. To be people who bring the blessing of this kingdom to the world around us. It means that you and I, who hear the words of Jesus when he says, blessed are you, means we're people of blessing. And blessing is what we bring into relationships. Blessing is what we bring to the people around us. Where are there the people who embody like the first half of all of these beatitudes? Where are they? Well, we move towards them wherever they are because we're kingdom people. We're people of blessing. It's why we drill wells in Zimbabwe where there's a cholera outbreak. 
We have relationship with people there. We're touched with their need. We respond. We are people who move towards the needs, not away from them. Because we're people who don't have to worry about our self-preservation. Because heaven says we're blessed. Now the Beatitudes are Jesus' kingdom proclamation. That he says the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. To open the eyes of the blind. And proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. When the kingdom comes, it comes with blessing. And as the kingdom has come to us, we're people who forgive. Who don't hold bitterness. Who reach out to those who have needs. And as we come to people with blessing, we bring heaven's fragrance. We bring the aroma of Jesus. And here's what it means for us then. It means that we don't avoid the people who seem like they have nothing to give us. You may be here this morning. You may feel like, you know, I've come to church, but like, I don't have anything much to give. I'm not, my life is a wreck. I don't have a lot going on. You're the exact kind of person that Jesus came to and said, blessed. There's blessing there. You belong in the kingdom. You belong in this family. We We're not people who try to climb the ladder of worldly significance, who think that our influence and impact in the world will come by getting alongside people that we think are influential. Instead, we're people who, in Jesus' words, rejoice and be glad. We rejoice and be glad at the privilege of identifying with Jesus, regardless of what it costs us. And and we've got a number of ways that we express that. And without this being an exhaustive list, just like the Beatitudes themselves are exemplary and describe the qualities of it, we've, we've got a couple of folks who are going to share with us a little bit about how we do that and somehow we're doing that together. Matt, would you come on up? Um, many of you are aware, uh, Matt and his wife, Ladera, are helping lead for us an adoption fostering support group that's going to be launching on October 20th. He's got a bit of an update about what's going on with that. I do. I don't know if you want to pull that up when you get a chance. Um, through, uh, John called me earlier this week and said, hey, would you mind sharing? Sure, go ahead. So you start thinking about this stuff. And um, that, coupled with what we've been talking about now, is I, I realized that love moves us is a 2,000-plus-year-old prayer. It's an answer to prayer. Um, because when we pray, as Jesus taught us to pray shortly after he said all this stuff, let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come, your will be done. And love moves us is just a, a small, tangible answer to that prayer. This is something that's near to the Lord's heart. It's kids without mothers, babies without mothers, and people without families that come together into a family. And But then there's issues, right? Because... Of us, mainly. Um, so I was just thinking about that with, with the Love Moves Us group. Um, and this is not something that we've started or anything like that, but this is something that has boomed, and it has become very successful because uh, it's something near to the Lord's heart. So uh, it says now nine locations to choose from, which is unbelievable because this is two years old. Love Moves Us is two years old. There was... Uh, six locations um, uh, two months ago, and now there's going to be nine. So if if you click on I want to come, I just want you guys to, to take a look at this. 
And this is something that we've known about for a little over a year. Um, this is something that you guys have been with us and praying about and, and all that stuff in the last couple of months. And when we see Cherville, Indiana, right over there, that's us. We're sorry the group you've chosen for this month is full in less than 24 hours. Um, we had a list of 14 families that we wanted to, you know, participate in this group that we were praying for. We got, there was, the worries started fading away. You know, lots of you stepped up like, yeah, I want to host. And, oh yeah, I want to come. I want to help. I want to volunteer. I want to, you know, what, what do you guys need help with? Lots of you did. Lots of you were praying for that. And there's 14 families that we wanted to, that we had on a list to show up. Um, that email was going to go out this past Tuesday. Uh, they were working on the website. They made the little click link live. And before they could send the email out, the group was full. Out of those 14 families, three are signed up. Because there's that big of a need. That's awesome. It's really awesome. Um, as I stand in front of you guys, I also need to ask for prayer. There's more than those 11 families that didn't get in. We need another group. <laughs> um, please be praying for that. Pray for um, God to stir it on our hearts. Um, some other churches, maybe some more volunteers. We're definitely going to need more volunteers. We're looking at the list for the 26, and there's 20 adults and 20 kids, not including um, four adults and two kids that are going to show up just for that meeting. It's crazy. But it's a beautiful kind of it's, crazy. It's a beautiful kind of crazy. It, it's a kingdom kind of crazy, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Jim and Becky, thank you for hosting this group. The Dunhams are hosting it at their home in Cherville. Thank you to those who've said, yes, I'll be part of the child care for this. Uh, you guys are making the kingdom come with blessing to families for children and families who are caring for those children, many of whom are not believers. This is, a, this is an area of, of kingdom expression that many of us wouldn't be aware of, except for families in this church leading us into that direction. And when those of us who aren't in the fostering and adopting community say, yeah, I can help, we'll open our home. Yeah, I can help, I'll watch the kids. We're being kingdom people. We're making the Beatitudes real here and now in people's lives. Amen. Um, and, and Steve, would you would you come up as well? Uh, Steve doesn't want to have to talk yet, uh, but I want you to see who Steve is and let you know the video we're about to share with you is his hands and hand work on it. Uh, so you need to like it. And tell him so. no. Um, he's not insecure. Uh, but when you're when you're a creative, artistic individual, you're putting your heart out there a lot with everything that you create and do. And that's why we're so thankful for members of this church who do artwork, who will do video and songwriting. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, one of the songs that we sang this morning was written by Corey and Brooke. I dare you to guess which one, uh, because it's it's just you know mingled in the mix, just enriching our worship together. Uh, and so this video that Steve has put together, it highlights the work that the Welcome Network, that Tony Burrell, who's part of this church, leads, 
uh, particularly focusing on some of the recent visit they've had to Lebanon, because the Welcome Network, which has existed here in this area for some years, to help provide assistance to refugees and immigrants who are settling in our country so that we can bring the love of God to aliens and strangers who are different than we are but who need the blessing of the kingdom when they come. They've also started to reach their hands beyond to say, it's not just refugees that come here. How do we go to where refugees are? And so have a look at this short video, and then Steve will have a couple words for us. I feel your eyes, they wear a scar A stranger here, but here you are A touch of faith, a tiny light Burns through your deepest, darkest night And as I sleep, you fill my mind I just can't rest I need to find If there's some way I can give you A little help to shed some light I'll be with you shadows of your deepest darkest nights and if there's some way I can give you a little hope to show I can
So, a couple years ago, Amy, my wife, told me that she wanted to start going to um, Mercy Hill. And just to be honest, I was less than thrilled. Because I was going to, we were going to a church that I really liked and everything, and I didn't want to leave. But, but we, we came here. And after we were here for not too long, I started seeing things. Um, the Heaths. Give me, let me get this straight. You guys get married, you go on a honeymoon, and you adopt three kids. <laughs> you go on a, a mission trip on your honeymoon, I'm sorry. And I'm thinking, who does that? You know? And so, and so then, um, we were here in Myers. You guys were taking on triplets to help them out. And Matt, you guys adopt this little boy from China, you know? And I'm seeing these different things and, and different things that happen, you know, like, um, helping, um, people in India and Africa and, and all this stuff. And I noticed something that, that was going through this. Not, not in every case, but in a lot of these cases. Um, we're helping people that society probably didn't really care a whole lot about, you know? And so, um, and I, I think with the Welcome Network, they're, they're totally doing that. They're absolutely helping people that, um, a lot of us, a lot of people don't care about. And, um, and so, and I got thinking about that. And, um, I, I am by no means a Bible scholar in any way, shape, or form. But there's something I really do believe from the bottom of my heart. I really do believe that God gives us all gifts. He gives us all talents and things that we're passionate about. And I think if we use those things to help people, um, they can be incredibly powerful. And I think I can prove it. A couple weeks ago, John, a guy who owns a plumbing supply company, saw a video in Africa of water. Clearly, the man is passionate about water. <laughs> he comes up and he plays this 15-second video that's more power, and he, and he gives this impassioned speech that's more powerful than anything I could create, and everybody rises to the occasion. You know? And so my thought is, we all have these dreams, every one of us. We all have these passions. Imagine what we could do if, if we all used those to help God. Imagine how many prayers we could answer. Lord, we do turn to you in prayer. Lord, because everything we have, you've given us. Jesus, we focus, Lord, not on what we've got, but how much you are able to do. Lord, thank you for coming and proclaiming blessing over our own lives, God, broken and messed up as they are. Lord, thank you for coming and proclaiming blessing and hope to us who were distant and separated from you. Lord, you took away, you paid the debt, you canceled the written code that was against us and stood opposed to us, and you brought us close to yourself. Lord, we thank you for justifying us, for setting us apart to be your own and setting us free from sin. God, thank you for the mercy that's ours through your initiative in Jesus. Lord, as we seek to follow you, God, use us to be your ambassadors. Lord, use us to take the multi-form, multi-faceted grace of God and spread it in the earth to your glory, to your praise. Amen.